You're listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. When it comes to the gift of faith, Paul is kind of talking there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he's kind of talking about the diversity of the uh, gifts of the Spirit, and he kind of talks about various manifestations of the Spirit, and in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, he makes a statement to another faith by the same Spirit. And this is what he's talking about, this gift or this manifestation of kind of this supernatural faith. Now, there are different kinds of faith. There's what we would call saving faith. And in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, a lot of us know this scripture verse. There Paul says, uh, for by grace you are saved through faith. And not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. So this is what we would kind of refer to as saving faith. It's the kind of faith that believes the promises of God that if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be forgiven, we'll be cleansed, we'll be saved. Um, And this is, again, that faith that kind of brings us salvation and eternal life. Uh, John, in his opening gospel, he makes this statement. but He says, as many as received him, being Christ, to them... He gave the right to become children of God. Let me just pause there for a moment because oftentimes I'll just hear people kind of make a blanket statement that everybody is a child of God. That is not true. Only those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then he gives you the right, the privilege, or the authority to be a child of God. Um, Anything... Other than that, you're not a child of God. You are created, you're made in his image, but you are separated in that relationship through sin. The only way you become a child of God is through faith uh, in Jesus Christ. I just want to just point that out um, because I hear that a lot. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, just a blanket statement. Everybody is a child of God. And that's just simply not what the scripture says. He says, but as many as received him. To them he gave the right, the authority to then become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of, the, of man, but of God. There's a Bible verse, obviously, many of us have probably memorized, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Again, these are verses that really kind of speak to and refer to saving faith. It is, again, that faith that we express in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's believing that he paid the price for our sins. It's believing his blood was shed as the perfect final sacrifice that God accepted uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the uh, cross uh, as an adequate, full, complete sacrifice for our sins. Uh, As a substitute, Jesus took our sins upon himself. He died our death. He dies in our place. And that by believing in him, we would not perish, but as John says, we would have everlasting life. One of my favorite verses on saving faith is Romans 10, 9 
uh, through 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus as Lord, and again, when you're making that statement, Jesus is Lord, what you're really kind of saying is what I just said there. You're really believing Jesus paid the price for your sin. Jesus went to the cross uh, to bear your penalty. So when you use that phrase, Jesus as Lord, that's really what you um, are saying. If you believe, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So again, this is a reference to what we would call saving faith. When Paul's writing to the church in Romans, uh, chapter 12, verse 3, he says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man, okay, every person, the measure or a measure of faith. Now, many believe Paul's reference to that measure of faith, again, it is that saving faith, and there has been a measure of that given to every person. So when someone exercises or acts upon that measure of faith that you have been given by God, you will be saved from your sin, and you will receive that gift of eternal life. So again, it's that measure of faith. It's what you do with it when you act upon that, when you exercise that. Um, that is what results uh, in us becoming uh, children of God. In Hebrews 12, where it declares Jesus, it says, you know, he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Uh, this also kind of, again, refers to that saving faith. And in referring to that saving faith, again, we find it comes by hearing. We've been talking a lot about this uh, on Sunday, as Jason kind of alluded to earlier in that series on faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by what the Word of God says. Uh, I love what Romans 10, 14 says, for how can they believe on Him whom they have not heard? So again, God is given to every man, woman, every person, I believe, on the face of the earth. He has given us a measure of saving faith. And when we exercise or we act upon that, we will be saved from the condemnation of our sin. So that is one kind of faith. However, there's another kind of faith, and it is the faith that, again, there's just a supernaturalness to that faith. And it really is a faith that just is really solid, it is deep, it is abiding in the Word of God and in the promises of God. This is that, that gift of faith that God's people have in who God is, um, the Word of God that causes us again to commit ourselves to the promises of God that we find in there. Uh, we believe the promises of God. We're being assured by the promises of God. We're standing on the promises of God. That again is a part of exercising that gift um, of faith that Paul's talking about. This kind of faith the believer possesses uh, in the Word of God, the promises of God. This is really kind of what we've been focusing on um, 
these last couple of months in the Sunday morning uh, series as we've really been looking at, again, uh, men and women who really have walked and lived their lives um, by faith. And it really kind of, we've been really focusing on the various things that people did who believed in God and then who acted upon the, the word, the promises that God gave to them. Um, it lists the exploits of those men and women. We've been looking uh, at that for the last several months. Again, these are examples, um, and there are many, many examples in the Bible, obviously, of this manifestation, this outworking of this gift of faith. Uh, and again, Hebrews 11, they're just, again, great examples of what that gift of faith looks like in operation. Now, again, this is the, the kind of faith, um, again, that, you know, Jesus found many times lacking uh, in his disciples and his followers. You remember in Mark's gospel, in John, or in Mark uh, 16, 14, following Christ's resurrection from the dead, it says, afterwards, Jesus appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Now, oftentimes, you'll find unbelief and hardness of heart uh, kind of working with each other. One kind of leads to the other. Uh, because they had not believed those who had seen Jesus after he had risen. So when the women come back and kind of announce to the disciples, we've seen the Lord. He is risen. Uh, he is alive. We touched him. We talked with him. We saw him face to face. Uh, they did not believe the women. And so Jesus kind of appears and he kind of, you know, upbraids them. He kind of chastises them because of the hardness of their heart in that they would not believe uh, what he promised he would do and also what the women um, declared they had seen. Now, when Jesus was walking with two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus, again, you remember in Luke 24, 25, he said, oh, foolish people, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And so, again, he's kind of acknowledging, again, um, that lack of faith. And, and so, this gift of the gift of faith that Paul talks about, it, it really is there to... Um, enable and to empower us to believe the Word of God, to believe God's promises. And so Jesus is saying, you know what, Here, here's the Word. Here's what the Word says. Here's what God said He was going to do. And He says, you've not believed and you have not trusted the Word or the promises of God. So again, this gift of faith that Paul's talking about there in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. This is that childlike faith, uh, and Janie kind of referred to that a couple of weeks ago um, in, in one of um, the uh, prophetic words that uh, were spoken out that night, and again, just, just calling us to just begin to walk by that childlike um, faith that we're called to have as children of God. And, and that, that gift of faith, what it does is it, it just allows us to just Simply, fully, completely put our trust and faith in the Word and in the promises of God. This is the kind of faith, I believe, that can be increased and it will and it, it, it can grow. Um, Jude told the believers uh, in Jude chapter 1 verse 20, he says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. 
So this gift of faith, it is something that can be built up. It is something that can and should be increased. This is the kind of faith that can grow by experience through the years. So as we're, as we're pursuing God, as we're in relationship with God, as we're interacting with God, as God is doing things um, in um, our lives, what it does is it just begins to kind of build and reinforce this faith, our faithfulness in God uh, and who he is and what he's doing. And this is one reason, again, testimonies can be so powerful because it can really build and increase our faith in what God uh, can do. Acts chapter 3 gives us a great example of the gift of faith in operation. And again, you're going to kind of see an overlapping here uh, in this particular one with the gift of healing. Um, you remember that Peter uh, is going into the temple with John about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. There's a man who is about 40 years old sitting outside begging alms. The man has never walked a day in his entire life, and he is kind of there begging as people are going in and out of the temple to worship God. And remember that Peter kind of sees the man sitting there, and he really kind of just locks eyes. Or there, he kind of just fixes his focus upon uh, the man, and, and the man kind of looks at Peter, almost like he's kind of expecting that Peter's going to drop some money uh, into his hand there. But you remember that Peter kind of turned, looked at the man, and he said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But he said, I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. You remember that Peter then took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed. There's the gift of healings. We'll talk about that more next week. Um, and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with Peter and John. So the people who have seen this man for years as they're going in and out of the temple, they now see this guy in the temple, and he's just leaping and running around and rejoicing, and they're looking at him saying, we know him. He's the man that used to sit outside and, and beg, and he could never walk, and, and now look what's happened. He's running. He's walking. Uh, and so they follow him out onto Solomon's porch, and they see this uh, lame, once lame man. He begins to kind of grab hold of Peter and John. He's kind of hugging them. He's thanking him. He's kind of dancing around with them. And suddenly, they kind of put two and two together. Peter and John have, must have had something to do with the fact that this man is now walking. So Peter kind of sees the reaction of the crowd, and they're kind of just staring at him, kind of with this awe and adoration. And so Peter says in verse 12, he says, people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power and godliness? Remember, you, I, remember last week I, I said this is a, this, take this as a warning. If you're going to be walking in, in the gifts of the Spirit, especially in the gift of working miracles, the gift of healing, you have got to guard your heart against this thing because people are going to want to put you on a pedestal. They're going to want to praise you. They're going to want to elevate you. They're going to want to make you kind of into uh, a God. Um, and so Peter kind of sees this is kind of starting to happen in the eyes of the people 
people, uh, as they kind of are figuring out, Peter and John had something to do with this man uh, walking. And so he, he says, uh, and continues on there in verse 16, he says, and this is, he says, through faith. This is the gift of faith here. Through faith, in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. So it had nothing to do with our powers, had nothing to do with our godliness. And he said, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So Peter has just this strong sense of faith as he looks at this lame, crippled man sitting there. Peter just has this supernatural faith to believe that God is going to heal this man. And again, it was through Jesus' name. It is through faith in the name of Jesus that that man um, was healed of his infirmity uh, for over 40 years. So in other words, Peter is saying, it wasn't my great faith, okay? But he is acknowledging it was faith that was given to him by Jesus. It, it was the gift of faith kind of manifesting and just operating through him. And it was that gift of faith given to Peter, again, that supernatural sense, that supernatural faith, where he says, what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And the faith given to Peter at that time, again, was supernaturally given to him by Jesus, recognizing this was the gift of faith and operation that brought to pass this healing and miracle upon this lame man. Uh, you remember in the Old Testament, I mean, Daniel in the lion's den. Again, there, that gift of faith is operating because he, he knows that what these lions have done to countless other people thrown in there. So he just has this overwhelming sense of faith that when they throw him in there, God is going to protect him. So again, there's so many many examples of this gift of faith working. Um, in Luke 17, Jesus was talking to his disciples one day, and he's talking to them about the importance of forgiveness. And beginning in verse 1, it says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and shows forgiveness, you must forgive. Now, this is interesting. Look at their disciples' response to that. They said, Lord, show us how to increase our faith. So they're hearing what Jesus is saying about forgiveness. They're realizing we don't embody that. We, we don't, we're not capable of that kind of forgiveness. I mean, we're out for revenge. We want to even the score. What you're talking about, Jesus, that's not even present in us. So you need to increase our faith in that understanding of forgiveness because if it's up to us, if we got to do this of our own strength and ability, it's not going to happen. So he says, their response to Jesus was, man, you just need to increase our level of faith in this. So that's why I said this can be built. This can be increased. 
And so again, their prayer was, show us how to increase our faith so we can be obedient, that we can exercise forgiveness uh, even as uh, you yourself have demonstrated, even as you are telling us we are to forgive. And so again, this seemed to kind of open the door for Jesus to kind of talk to them, again, about this special gift of faith. When they said, Lord, increase our faith, Jesus' response to them was, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed. You could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So again, Jesus takes that opportunity to, to say, what I'm talking about here, it's not a lot of faith. A little faith can really go a long ways, is what Jesus is saying. And so again, oftentimes when, you know, Sometimes I'll, I'll hear people kind of talk about, you know, this didn't happen. They didn't get healed. They didn't receive this uh, blessing or something. And, and somebody's response will be, well, you just didn't have enough faith. Well, that's not always kind of the most encouraging thing to say to people when, when something like that happens, especially if they didn't get healed. Well, you just didn't have enough faith. Um, because, again, it, it's not a lot of faith. It's just a, a, a little of the right kind of faith, Jesus said, you can accomplish a lot. A lot can happen with just a little bit of faith. Sometimes, you know, when, when, when people uh, are struggling and, and maybe kind of feel like um, maybe that, that, that they are struggling with their faith, maybe our response should be, can I pray with you that Jesus would increase your faith? Rather than the negative, take the positive approach in there, because this is kind of what, what Jesus is doing with them. He's not, uh, he's not chastising them, but he's just simply, as they're asking, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus is saying, it, it's, it's not going to take a lot to accomplish this. And again, that's the beauty of supernatural faith. A lot uh, or a little supernatural faith can really go a long ways and accomplish a lot. So just imagine if you had like the, you know, faith the size of an avocado seed, you know, a lot could happen. And so Jesus is really kind of dialoguing with them on this uh, gift of faith. And again, the point being, it cannot be worked up. Folks, we cannot produce this gift of faith on our own apart from Jesus, okay? That's why it's described as a gift of the Holy Spirit. A gift is only a gift when you receive it. And so it's just, you know, it comes as a gift to us. It's just there. And, and suddenly, again, there just kind of comes upon you just this supernatural, this just sense of deep faith in what God uh, says he's going to do. Many times you'll just wonder, what am I doing? But the Lord just kind of seems to just impart to you, again, just an, a, a, a deeper measure uh, of faith, and you're able to go ahead and just stand and believe uh, and do it. Another kind of unique example of the gift of faith is found in Luke 5, beginning in verse 17. It says, one day Jesus was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee in Judea and from Jerusalem, and, and get this line here, and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. Now, what is interesting to me about that is that as Jesus is there, the, the power for Jesus to heal people is present. And you've got all of these Pharisees, these religious teachers, and the power of the Lord, it's there to heal them. 
But what you notice in the story is, and I'm sure there had to be some there that were in need of some kind of healing. And yet none of them access or take advantage of that power of the Lord that was present there to heal. And yet it says, and some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were trying to bring him in and set him down in front of him, but not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and they let him down through the tiles with this stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Now this is interesting. Seeing their faith, Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Now Jesus doesn't respond to the faith of the man lying there on the mat in need of healing, Jesus responds to, he kind of taps into the faith of those um, who brought them. So sometimes, you know, when if, if, uh, if someone comes to you in need of healing, again, God doesn't just look at them and, and, and say they have no faith. God will also look at what is your faith in in the healing of that person. What are you believing God for? Again, oftentimes when that doesn't happen, we want to shift the blame on the other person. Oh, they didn't have enough faith. Well, here's an example where Jesus didn't even take into account the faith of the man on the mat. Rather, he really takes into account the faith of the people who brought him. So there, there are times where we can bring a person who maybe has no faith in healing, but we have that gift of faith. God looks at that, and God rewards us accordingly by working through us that gift of healing. So again, it's just, it, it, it's a, again, a great reminder um, that uh, we can operate in the gift of faith on behalf of those who are in need of God's intervention. Uh, now, I'm going to uh, um, just kind of, I'm not trying to let you off the hook on this, but I, I want to also kind of just be balanced in this. And, and I know some people may disagree, but um, but I don't, I don't think, and I just don't get the indication that in the New Testament day that the apostles had this gift of faith all the time for every situation. Um, that, that they're just kind of just, you know, I mean, they were just never, ever without faith or never, ever operating at peak levels um, of faith. Otherwise, you know, we could go into a hospital and just empty um, the place. So I think there are, are times um, as part of God's sovereign plan where God will kind of just impart to you in a particular situation Again, not every time you come uh, upon a situation or a person um, th that, that God may not manifest um, that gift of faith, that gift of healing. Again, there were times where even Jesus was prevented from operating in the gift of healing just because there was just so much unbelief. I remember one time, I think he goes in and, and he sees all of these sick people lying by a pool. They're waiting for the angel to come down and to stir the waters. And Jesus only healed one man out of all that were, that were probably lying around there. So again, I, I want to just caution you and say uh, that I don't think the uh, apostles operated kind of at this peak level gift of faith 
all the time in every situation. Again, I think it came upon them on special occasions. It was really according to what is God really trying to, to work and to do um, in this situation. I don't know of anybody who flowed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that went around healing everybody and just doing nonstop miracles. Uh, again, there were just times where even, you know, uh, Jesus kind of seemed to kind of just pull back uh, in what he was uh, able to do there, just again, because of people's unbelief. But again, for most of us, there are going to be those unique times. There's just going to be situations and circumstances where all of a sudden you're just going to begin to feel the Holy Spirit kind of just begin to increase and to build that faith for something that God wants to do in a particular person, in a particular situation, and you're just going to begin to feel the Holy Spirit uh, kind of manifesting that gifting, and it, and it won't just be the gift of faith. It'll be uh, any of the other gifts. You'll kind of just begin to feel uh, that, that God's calling you to minister um, in, in this certain situation. And tomorrow you may run into an identical situation like that, and, and you don't really feel like anything is happening. I mean, I've had that happen um, before, and, and sometimes it is confusing. But again, it, it just depends on what, what is God wanting to work in that particular uh, situation. It's that way with all of the gifts. They can be manifested in many different ways. Again, it's just according to the situation, according to God's sovereign plan um, in that particular moment. So don't feel like you're, um, unless you're operating uh, in the giftings nonstop, that somehow you're failing. Um, and so again, uh, you'll kind of just have those, uh, they're kind of just ebb and flow times where you'll kind of just flow in a gift very, very strongly one day, and the next day, you, you may not flow in that um, at all. Uh, again, it, it's, it's okay. It's not that you're failing. It's not that, that God's disappointed, that you've done something. Um, we read in Acts 12 that Herod stretched forth his hand against the church. And remember, he had James put to death. And then when he saw how that, the Scripture says, it really pleased the Jews, uh, he put Peter in prison. With the intention, he was going to bring, bring Peter out the next day and uh, execute him. Now, you remember, an angel of the Lord kind of intervened, uh, awoke Peter there in the prison cell, told him, get dressed, follow me. And they kind of went by the guards, and, and the you know, prison doors kind of just opened on their own. Peter gets out on the street. The angel disappears. Suddenly, Peter realizes, I'm not dreaming here. I'm... Uh, that was an angel, and, and he freed me. And so he goes to the house where the disciples were praying, and obviously not with a whole lot of faith um, because he knocks on the door. A little girl comes to the door, and she says, who is it? He says, it's Peter. Let me in. And she gets so excited, she doesn't even open the door. She runs back to the prayer meeting, and she says, Peter's outside. What's their response? You're nuts. You're crazy. That's why I said there wasn't a whole lot of faith operating in that prayer meeting. He said it must be a ghost. It cannot be Peter. He's in jail. But Peter kept knocking, the Scripture said, until they came and opened the door. Now, the point is, James was beheaded. Peter was delivered by a miracle with an angel coming. Now, why is that? I mean, why does God do that for Peter 
but he doesn't do it for James. Is it that James had less faith? I don't think so. I mean, Peter was ultimately crucified upside down. So again, my point being, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not going to forever keep you from every kind of difficulty, trial, persecution, or problem. But they will bring you through them with confidence and victory. So again, as we pursue, and that's really what our pursuit is. It's, you know what, increase these giftings in us. Increase faith. Increase the gift of healings. Increase the working of miracles. We're asking God to just increase those workings in us. And again, it's being patient with ourselves. It's not despising small beginnings. So again, as, as God begins to, to do this in you, God is going to probably just begin to do that in some very, very small ways. God may choose to do, you know, a big big thing, but more than likely, God is going to begin to kind of just move in these giftings in just very, very small, very simple ways. It gives you an, an opportunity to begin to, to discern hearing God's voice. It gives you kind of some confidence. It gives you an opportunity, uh, again, to just kind of be flowing in those. Um, so, again, don't, uh, don't get... Um, don't get sidelined if you, if you feel like you miss it or you blew an opportunity. Again, just, hey, God, just, man, I, I blew that, but just increase uh, my, my gift of faith. Increase that gift of healing so that next time I don't miss it. Next time, you know, um, I, I'm able to walk in that more confidently. And so, so, again, sometimes I feel like the hesitancy for a lot of us is unless we're walking in this 100%, unless we're walking in this in maximum power, we don't want to do anything. Um, and so, again, I don't despise those uh, small beginnings. Don't beat yourself up. Uh, if you miss um, those opportunities, just do what the disciples did. Jesus, increase our faith, increase uh, our, our working of miracles. Um, and so again, that's what we're doing. We're, we're pursuing the increasing, um, uh, the gift of faith as we do all of the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. We also know that, that there just are times God's going to work um, as, you know, uh, according to his will, he decides when and where. We just need to just be open, just be available. Here I am, God, use um, me. Uh, and we just need to be more and more uh, pursuing of his power and of his presence in our lives. Amen? Good. Let's just pray, and then we're going to just kind of go into um, some time um, of just uh, ministry. Father, we thank you. We just thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, tonight I just pray, Lord, that you again would just uh, increase in our hearts a longing to see the power of your Spirit to be more manifested in this body, Lord, uh, in us individually. We're so thankful, Lord, that you have manifested and you do manifest your power in our midst. And, Lord, we're so thankful for the way that you've been working, for all the miracles, for the healings. We thank you for the testimonies. We thank you, Lord, for those that are, that are just standing uh, tonight in need, uh, again, just of your, uh, your miracle, your healing power. And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for that gift of faith that has been at work in us. And, again, as the, as the disciples said, Lord, would you just continue to increase that in us, that kind of faith that just commits uh, the keeping of our souls uh, to you 
And Father, we just pray, Lord, that we would just, uh, again, have that, even if it's that little precious faith to move mountains and to see lives transformed. And Lord, we look around and we see so many manifestations, so many outpourings of your love and your power. And for this, we give you thanks. So Lord, help us as a church. Help us as individuals, as children of God, to move forward in faith. And Lord, when we are uh, faced with obstacles, situations, circumstances, Lord, that are overwhelming, maybe too great for us to deal with, Father, I ask you to grant us that faith that we'll believe and trust you to work and to remove those obstacles that your work, your power might go forward. Thank you, Lord, for the faith that can move, again, those mulberry trees, move mountains. May we experience that kind of life and that kind of faith in our life. We just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.